0: Welcome back to Cinema Gems, and as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral, and as always, we are in a video store somewhere in your hometown, so come find us. Yes, video stores still exist, and you, you're you probably wondering, wait, we, who do you mean we? Of course, the Honorable Tesla and the Fantastic Miss Frida are here in the Central Florida location of the video store, but across the time-space continuum that is the time zones of this sphere that we live on before i get started i have to say that apparently unbeknownst to either me and the butt maestro we watched the movie on the same day but my show is that true
1: hi admiral yeah no we just found that out before we recorded and that was really funny that we both watched it on the same day uh, even if it was in slightly different patterns GLaDOS and I did occasionally pause the movie just to check on how hilarious the NFL is right now. Which, this isn't an NFL show, but it's basically the WWE now, so that's how I'm watching it. But anyway, welcome back to Cinema Gems, guys. We're another show on the internet where a bunch of opinionated nerds talk about the stuff we love. Uh, and this week is a movie that is having its 20th anniversary, Admiral? 30th. 30th, I apologize. Wow, we're getting old, aren't we? <laughs> Uh, yep. Dang. And uh, hey, I've had the Flintstone theme song stuck in my head all week, so now y'all get to as well. Yeah. <laughs> I say right, so as I wanna, try to. You
0: want to? You want to? You yeah. want to discuss the 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 albatross in the room? We are not discussing the prequel viva las vegas viva rock vegas admiral
1: viva rock vegas i'm actually
0: that's how much i don't care about that movie
1: and you shouldn't like y'all don't watch viva rock vegas it's bad i haven't seen it since i was a kid i remember thinking it was bad when i was a kid and i had very low standards when i was a kid i thought batman forever was good when i was a kid
0: (laughs) all right i liked batman
1: and robin until i was in high school I had low standards back then. and Unironically? Unironically! I mean, come on. Okay. what You're telling me when you were a kid that you didn't laugh every time you heard, What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! I still laugh at that. It's so dumb. Alright. Uh, right.
0: so, so, we were talking about Flintstones from 1994, the 30th anniversary, with John Goodman rick moranis by the way me and rick moranis share a birthday awesome so um uh i hear you rick moranis (laughs) happy birthday i know you're saying happy birthday back to me um and also you have rosie rosie o'donnell rosie o'donnell rosie o'donnell as betty rubble yeah and elizabeth perkins as Wilma (gasps) Flintstone. kyle mclaughlin sorry not sorry she's my favorite
1: part of this movie who elizabeth perkins uh, wilma absolutely my hands down favorite part of this movie wow she's amazing yeah
0: kyle mclaughlin
1: original polish your himself. favorite.
0: of course what a nerd uh, okay you want to get nerdier Allie with Barry.
1: it the the captain from uh from how i met your mother
0: and ted Boats, Mosby's Boats. finally married
1: Ted Mosby did finally marry in real life. That was adorable and wholesome. And thank you for sending that to me, Admiral.
0: <laughs> yeah, literally, I was like, I was like, oh, who's the only other person that cares about this that I do still?
1: The butt show. We've we confided in each other that we both had a phase of our lives where we binge watched How I Met Your Mother and was disappointed in a whole season ending of a show way before Game of Thrones did it worse.
0: Um, it's not as bad as Game of Thrones. And it's not as bad as people think it is, but I just feel like we wish, I wish we would have it gotten was a more ball. of the mother.
1: It, it, it was a curveball yeah. into safety. And that's why, what I think it yep. didn't settle really well for a lot of fans. It was like the show felt like yep. we're not talking about how I met your mother today. Even though Kyle McLaughlin is in both. We're talking about the Flintstones movie. I apologize y'all. And Halle Berry. Oh my God. Okay. My other favorite part of this movie it's it's hard to pick elizabeth perkins and halle berry are both uh, absolutely st- stunning physically as well as the best actors in the movie they they do you want to talk committed about it to the uh, bits the so amazing
0: hard. the amazing elizabeth taylor
1: guado specifically told me their only note for this episode was to mention that this was Elizabeth Taylor's last big screen performance.
0: Yes, it was her final on-screen performance. Well, her final
1: big screen um, performance. There were one or two smaller TV cameos shortly after this. Um, I believe one of them was The Nanny. I'm blanking on the other one correct. off the top of my head. But she did do a couple of very small TV cameos after this. But for big screen, for film... This was it for her. This was her last performance. And wow, what a performance. She actually, performance. like, unironically uh, knocks it out of the park. She commits to the bit so hard. I love how she flip
0: flops. She's like, oh, Fred, you're horrible. Oh, Fred, you're amazing. Fred, you. It's hard person. to
1: tell where she's, like, acting and where she's just being Elizabeth Taylor. And I think the production team of this movie oh, like- was incredibly smart just to let her be Elizabeth Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor, let her drip in glam in every scene.
0: Oh, you mean how she just didn't know she was being filmed and they just gave her the wardrobe and she yeah. went with it.
1: How the wardrobe how department, you know, That's dressed everyone in these furs, these hybrid things that kind of look semi-modern, but are caveman ish. Meanwhile, Elizabeth Taylor is just dripping in diamonds. As she should be.
0: Correct. Um, and we get to
1: Dino Mel who, Uh,
0: Mel-, Mel, who also voiced uh,
1: uh, Bugs I- Bunny. I believe they included uh, hi- clips is- from his voice from the show, posthumously.
0: Correct. That's what I wanted to specify and break the uh the barrage. This is all archival footage of Dino. And look,
1: I credit or credits due to this movie. They did the best they could to be loyal and respectful to a source material that maybe you didn't have to be that loyal and respectful to because so so here's my whole thing before we get into the plot of this movie. Can you help me with this dilemma, Admiral? Here's my mental dilemma over this movie. So, the Flintstones, the TV series was really just a cartoon boiled down for kids version of a bunch of the sitcoms, live action sitcoms of the age, including, but not limited to to one of these days, Alice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Honeymooners. Correct. It's, it's, it's more, it's not for, it's not exactly for children. This is like a family series, but yes, it is. That is, that is paint by colors, paint by numbers. A animated version of so, Honeymoon. So
1: when you take and... the animated version of a 50s sitcom and then make it live action, you're just making that, that 50s sitcom again. <laughs> that That's kind of my dilemma. Well, yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. When, when you take it out of its yeah. original medium, you're robbing it of everything that made it fun and different from the things it was spoofing.
0: But what about what about when uh, when Fred Flintstone's Most Wanted and it's the uh, cartoon version? It's of... Jay Leno. Oh, Jay Leno was perfect. Jay Leno was perfect.
1: I oh, Jay Leno. I I growing up, my parents used to listen to him more than Letterman, and and whenever possible, I would switch it over to Letterman because I've never been able to sta- stand the cadence of Jay Leno's voice, nor the weird, ultra cringy things that he sneaks in there and giggles at like he thinks he's a genius. I sorry, rant over. I'm done t- ranting about how much I hate Jay Leno uh, and hates a very strong word. but I'm glad it was just that small cameo in this movie. It was just all enough have, to make me giggle.
0: All I have to say to that is, um, I realize why I picked you just now for this co-host because exactly how I feel about Jay Leno that you do. Exactly. Thank you.
1: Thank you, buddy. This exactly. is why we run that's this, this is why we do the show together.
0: Yep. <clears throat> uh, you want to talk about Harvey Corman?
1: The Dick Bird? Remind me who Harvey Korman is. The Dick Bird? Uh, oh, He's the Dick Bird Burnett show. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whip whip uh, whip 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 whip.
1: Oh. Whip. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yep. Okay. I had no idea who it, it was. Him from yeah. uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. Happy belated um, life day, everyone!
0: Yes, uh, and also he played the original Great Gazoo in the animated series. So this is kind of like a cameo, but he. That's ridiculous. why I
1: recognize that voice. Okay, oh, yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, um, cool. And a couple of more things. Uh, the B C fifty
1: twos. Yep, the B C fifty twos. I I love them. And it was funny, because GLaDOS... I'm watching this movie with GLaDOS. It's both our first time watching it since we were little kids. And GLaDOS... We've heard the B-52's music, Swapper Jacks, and other places. But I don't think GLaDOS has ever seen the B-52's faces. So we're sitting there... And GLaDOS is like, I hope this movie doesn't completely break the glass of what they look like in my head. And I'm like, no, they're exactly what you think they are. They're the whitest people you can imagine. And sure enough, they pop up in this movie. and They're the whitest people you can imagine.
0: Yeah, that's an accurate description, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, they had the uh, the voice of um velma the original animated series uh miss Fieldspar. yeah uh, she was uh she was played by gene vander uh, ply and that was the original voice of wilma and also we have creator well creators of the show william Hanna, which was the boardroom executive um the one that was like what's going on ah that was him oh uh, wow And Joseph Barbera, uh, the man that was driving the Mercedes, okay, or the or the rock version, whatever the prehistoric version of a Mercedes is, right? Mercedes Mercedes Stone, Mercedes, whatever, Mercedes. Oh God, Uh, that was that was um, uh, Joseph Barbera. Uh, Oh, and by the way, Sam Raimi was the lookalike of Cliff Cave in the television reproduction.
1: So. Admiral, can I tell you something that was kind of, like, bugging the inside of my brain for the majority of this movie? Even though it really has no relevance to the plot or anything, it's just a world-building, like, how does this work in a meta-contextual level kind of thing? Is the okay, Flintstones world, is Bedrock supposed to be the actual Stone Age? Or is it uh, the 1950s and some kind of amusement park area, like Epcot, that's themed to the Stone Age, like a, uh, a sanctuary for rich, spoiled people that want to pretend it's not the 21st century. Or is so this you're a post-apocalypse? It's the village. It. Okay, so yeah, that's theory number two for me. Is that it's the village? Theory number three for me is that this is all post-apocalyptic. This is all post uh 21st century civilization our society has crumbled and gotten nuked to hell and bedrock is society starting over with the remnants of our old society
0: i think three and i think the internet agrees three but also if you go further apparently um the, by the way, did you hear the Jetsons theme? when Barney I did was hear the Jetsons
1: the theme. Snowfall? And the, the problem with okay. that is earlier, when I tried to get the Flintstones theme suck in everyone's head, the first thing to pop in my head was ba 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 Wait, that's not it.
0: <laughs> um, which sucks that they've never had a Jetsons live-action movie. but That's you know, probably we'll get there one the best. I
1: think the closest thing we're ever going to get to that is Tomorrowland.
0: Probably or the Orville. Ooh, the
1: Orville. Yeah. Um.
0: Oh, and we we forgot to mention Jonathan Winters, the grizzled man that was like, "Are you, you? You're looking for Fred Flintstone, kid? Hey, it's me, Jonathan Winters. Let's string him up. You know." It was
1: really fun. I right. also really want to mention Dan Floric, Mister Slate, uh, very famously oh, Fred Flintstone's blo- boss. I thought he looked vaguely familiar in the film. I couldn't quite place it with the jumbo glasses. But when he was yelling at Fred, it finally clicked in my head, and I double-checked it right just now, and I was right. He is the captain from Law & Order SVU, in case anyone was wondering. Yep. Uh, and he's fantastic yep. in this. No, the, the interesting thing about this movie is that all of these actors fully commit to the bit. Rick Moranis fully commits to being uh, Fred's... You know, down on his luck doing his best friend who's actually much, much smarter than Barney Fred. Rubble. Thank you. What did I say?
0: <laughs> Fred's friend? Yeah. Barney Rubble. He has a name.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Every fun. actor it's in this fun. movie fully commits to the bit, which makes suspension of disbelief just a tiny bit easier in a movie where a lot of suspension of disbelief is required.
0: Yep. Um, I mean, look. Jonathan Winters alone. Um, the the only three seconds that he's on screen at all is amazing because he did a phenomenal job in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, which I know a lot of people haven't seen, but it's really good. It's a great comedic movie from uh, the 60s that brings out a lot of comedians. That I'm, That's a movie that I eventually want to review whenever we can, um, but... That's besides the point. Jonathan Winters did a amazing oh, absolutely. job. But we also have to talk about, we have to talk about the people who were not in the movie, who were supposed to be, who were supposed to be Fred Flintstone. Do you want to know who was supposed Ooh. to be Fred Flintstone?
1: Jim Belushi. Oh, John Candy. Dan. Bill Murray. Oh no. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Chevy Chase.
0: Uh, Danny DeVito was the original choice for Barney, but Steven Spielberg didn't think his, com- his comedy would oh go well. Oh my god. So, so Danny DeVito was like, uh, you should use Rick Moranis. So good on you, Danny DeVito, for being a very wholesome person.
1: Rosie O'Donnell won the role of Betty uh, Rubble simply with her impression of the character's giggle.
0: Which, by the, the way, is the most
1: annoying perfect. thing in this entire movie. I'm so sorry. But it's that unsettling. That was the show. It's so unsettling. Ah. Oh.
0: But uh Tracy Ellman, um uh, and uh Daphne Zo Zuge? Zuge? Zuge were uh were also considered for Betty, but uh Rosie O'Donnell won. Um and uh oh and apparently, Nicole Kidman was supposed to play Sharon Stone.
1: I'm glad she didn't.
0: No, I'm really liked Halle, Halle Berry was
1: absolutely freaking perfect. Sorry, I was I, I was about oh, to curse on the shop trying to keep you clean. it clean.
0: It's okay. Audrey Meadows and Elizabeth Montgomery were supposed to play uh, Wilma's mother, Pearl, but of course, Elizabeth Perkins. I'm not Elizabeth Perkins. Not Elizabeth Parkins. Elizabeth no. Taylor won the role. Which, by the way, the way they coaxed her out of—I um, didn't. Now, I'm not saying that. I am not saying that Elizabeth Taylor was a hermit, but she, you know, she she did her movies, she did her time on film, and she decided to step yeah. away. Right? She was like, "I'm going to step away." So the reason they got her back. Was because, and by the way, um, the HD, the Hawaiian detective, did ask me to do this research. So I did the research for him, specifically only him. Um, he specified the question, how much did Elizabeth Taylor get paid to be in the Flintstones? Well, it's an undisclosed amount, and whatever was given to her, she knowed, she donated to, uh, to the foundation to find a cure wow. for AIDS. That's what she did with her.
1: She did awesome. that with the money. That's actually really awesome.
0: No, it's like, it's really good. Oh, and also Patrone wanted to point out the, uh, very, uh, negative, uh, male masculinity. I'm, I'm owner to this cave. This is my cave. Rawr. And I brought up a point to her, and I was like, hey, do you think that that's John Goodman no. at all? And she goes, no. No, that's, that's just Fred that he's
1: playing out. up a it's character. He play- He's playing up a really specific aspect, situational aspect of this character. In fact, so, okay, to briefly talk about the plot of this movie, because it is a very simple plot. The first we should. 20 minutes of this movie... We're-
0: we're uh, you get
1: hints of what the overarching plot of the movie is going to be later on, but you don't get that plot yet. Because first, Barney and Betty have to adopt Bam Bam, so they can have Bam Bam around to fill in time for the rest of the movie. Uh, it's only after that, that we get the whole aptitude test plot line with Fred and Barney at their job, because Paul Atreides is trying to, you know, do this whole mustache-twirling corporate takeover of Slate Industries. Embezzlement. Straight up embezzlement. Embezzlement. In a time where I don't think anyone knows what the term embezzlement means, unless, again, this is a post-apocalyptic society, and they're just reading random words they found on random half-destroyed pieces of paper in the the rubble. I don't know. We, we get this whole corporate thing that really becomes kind of a Bugs Life, kind of an episode from the Honeymooners uh, kind of thing, where Fred stumbles into a CEO position, a corporate position, and immediately abuses it.
0: Oh, 100%. I mean, it's not just him that automatically... Oh, it's Wilma it. too. Uh, Paul Atreides, a.k.a. the captain, pushes him to do what? Yeah. to do it.
1: Yeah. He, he's pushing Fred into these weird situations, and Fred is none the wiser, because as pointed out, his score on the aptitude test was actually the lowest by far. Uh, and uh, to the point that Paul Atreides' first edict Fred Flintstone... Is fire your best friend?
0: Yep. Exactly. Excuse my language, but what an um, unbelievable. So they end up dish. living. Yeah. So they end up living with uh, the Flintstones because they rent their house out. Um, but also, Barney does these little odd jobs everywhere here and there. He's a waiter, he's uh, a valet, he's a busboy, he's also the snow cone seller with the Jetsons mm-hmm. theme playing. Like, it is.
1: It's it's it at least a little bit funny a, sometimes. This movie got some legitimate giggles out of me.
0: Oh, and I'm sorry to specify exactly about Elizabeth Taylor. She was back on the big screen after six years of absence. Um, it was the proceeds from the film's premiere that would go to her AIDS foundation. So specifically, the premiere. I'm assuming uh, the LA premiere or, uh. Uh, part of the percentage of the premiere that was for when this movie premiered on Memorial Day weekend in 94. Yeah. um, Went to her AIDS foundation. That's pretty awesome. That's really pretty awesome. Um, But no, this movie we're, we're talking more about the plot than the, than you realize what the plot is. Look, it's, This movie made me realize what embezzlement was before I knew what the hundred
1: percent. This movie made me aware of corporate greed before I was ever in a position to worry about corporate greed.
0: Correct. And now that I watch it, when I work at a corporate greed company, I'm like, wow.
1: It's unfortunately something that everyone in the 21st century can relate to at least a little bit.
0: Yep. Um, So uh, the mud hits the fan um concrete's made um kyle mclaughlin aka the captain aka paul atreides og uh gets gets basically caked in yeah. concrete um
1: and that's the movie yeah every the the status quo all returns to the same they all get their jobs back bread is still it's one of the corporate guys in the company, even though like there was a whole moment with him and Barney where he was like, you know, you deserve this. I, uh, I don't, I don't know. Happily ever after kind of ending.
0: By the way, did you want to talk about, um, Gorge Lucas? Yep. Steven, Wars? Steven
1: Spielrock.
0: Yes. Well, you know, yes, Stevens, did not direct or write it, you know. just produced it. Okay.
1: Did you want to mention, uh, if, I mean, I'm sorry if I missed it when you did, but have you already mentioned uh, the Henson Company's involvement with this? Uh,
0: no, I did not, but yes. Uh, so the Henson Company did um, uh, do a lot of the creature yeah. effects for Dino, for uh, the Dickabird, also for the Garbage Disposal which i'm sorry i love that the garbage disposal had to go and skid row and was like we'll eat for we'll work for scraps like oh the poor guy poor guy um but no they did a really good job they they did a job where i was like holy crap this is cgi at some parts but some parts it's not
1: some some actually pretty good animatronics
0: uh, well yeah it's the jim henson creature company creature shop yep. come on bro they oh they absolutely they Absolutely. Sh- um, and for those who can't hear the fantastic Frida oh, is snoozing. Good Frida. In the corner. I can hear Good her really Frida. Loudly. Um, but, Oh, by the way, did you know that Richard Donner was supposed to direct this?
1: Oh, wow. Really?
0: Yeah. But he was, he was like, no, I'm doing these lethal weapon movies. I'm good. Wow. Um, do you also want to talk about the, uh, the other, um, elephant in the room. Now, Patrone did bring this up, and I know you did too. Um, but I also suspension of disbelief because it's a movie about the mm-hmm. Stone Age.
1: Um how is there electricity? Yeah, how I oh, I there are several factors of this movie that I just really had to suspend my disbelief. Uh and radio playing in the car, lights, uh TV, uh, lots of things that should not exist if this is prehistoric, uh, but you know it's based on a cartoon. <laughs> that that was my answer to all of it as I'm watching the movie. Is it's based on a cartoon? <laughs> yep.
0: Um. Oh, and uh. Oh, also Francis Ford Coppola was supposed to direct this movie.
1: I, no, that that would the not Godfather have been a good director. Fit. That would have been a whole. Whole that would different have
0: been tone. Oh man, oh man, I gotta blame myself. That would have been a whole. That
1: sucks. Oh, good job, Admiral. It wasn't me this time.
0: It's always me, apparently. <laughs> uh, but
1: I... Admiral, do you have any other details you want to go over in this movie, or do we want to get right to the gem rating?
0: So, I just want to say that for people who have seen oh god this movie's like it's scrambling god, your brain oh, a little bit it's okay so good right it is one of those movies where you're like wow the 90s was a different time like oh it was it wow.
1: certainly was
0: like i mean come on the b 52s admiral that was did,
1: 30 years ago
0: i'm aware but the b-52s oh i can't even think of the, the 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 song the opening song the you know the title card song for rock was modern life a year before this movie came out, that's how old this movie is. It's not as old as Rockers of Modern Life. Rockers of Modern Life is older than this, and it can be cringy. But hey, it's thirty years ago, so I say give it a shot, put it on, have it on in the background, you know, watch it here and there, because it's more of a family-friendly movie. So I guess we go ahead and just get down to the gem rating system. I'm ready for you. But my show here on this here on the podcast here in Cinema Gems, we have a full gem an amazing movie and half a gem an alright movie, a no gem a horrible movie. But my show, what do you give Flintstones 1994?
1: Ever since I watched it Sunday night, I've been shaking my head going, am I really about to give this movie a half gem? And I think I am because as much as there are so many incredibly ridiculous Ridiculous things about the movie, the movie and its aesthetic and its actors leaning into that ridiculousness does make it legitimately entertaining. I'm not saying it makes it good necessarily, but it was a fun watch and I legitimately chuckled a handful of times. So I don't think I can, in good conscience, give it any lower than a half gem. It's, it's a pretty solid, scuffed up half a rock. I also
0: give it a half gym as well. It's not as horrible as, a, as, as I was told or heard about. It's okay for most live-action movies. And of, you can watch it you know, on Netflix right property. now. So, you know. Yeah, it is. Um, and also, um, we forgot to mention the actual director, Bryant, uh, Bryant, uh, Bryant, uh, Brian. Brian. Brian Leavitt. Uh, who also directed Jingle All the Way? Oh wow! Yes, uh, and are we there yet with Ice Cube? Um, Spy Next Door. Uh, he did a bunch. He also did Snow Dogs, and he also did a bunch of like Scooby Doo stuff. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and also, and also Beethoven. As well. Okay. The original one. Yeah, I mean. Uh, look guys go check this movie out. It's what 31 minutes I think is exactly. It's an hour and 31 minutes if that yeah go check it out. It's not horrible. it's not great. It's a, it's it's, a fun it's, watch. It's, right.
1: it's a fun watch yeah.
0: yeah it is that's I guess that's the best way to put it guys. Uh, so we just want to thank you to Marty and the Erganzerber for allowing us to be on your website lowrainpictures.com also Kevin George. Thank you for allowing us use your music. And also guys, remember to tell your friends how you feel about them in 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 normal ways, like not extravagant right. ways. Right. Not like really
1: weird ways like how the Admiral and I love bomb each other as soon as we get on the show together.
0: Exactly. But make sure you take time to tell others uh your your, your friend, your, how your friendship's going, your relationships with them. Make sure you take time for yourself. And also, guys, just remember, life's hard. I understand life's hard. I understand inflation is up. I understand there's a ton of things going on in the world. There are at least multiple wars going on right now. that, are, that It's just remember to take time before you react in any sort of way to anyone. Because we're all dealing with stuff in our own way.
1: Marl, as always, I appreciate you letting me do this with you once a week. It's still to this day my favorite part of every week. I love being on the show. Thank you for having me on.
0: No problem, anytime, bud. And also, just want to say uh, goodnight, good dead night, Tom. Dead Tom. Good night, yeah. Dead
1: Tom. Good
0: night. Good night, Dead Tom. Um, do you want to tell the our Absolutely. Swapper Jack's friends and family anything you, before we you head out? You know
1: it. Uh, thank you, as always, to our amazing Swapper Jacks friends and family. We love y'all. We know we're going through a lot right now. And we know it's nothing we haven't done before, and we can do it again. And we'll get through it. We'll endure. We'll persevere. Hug your friends along the way. I love all y'all. All
0: All right, guys. So just remember to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter, guys. Always. Bye, guys. See you later. Love y'all. Yabba-dabba-doo!